my little sister actually sent me a song. I think it's actually like a Luke Bryan song or something like a couple weeks ago. And the name of the song is like, if I wasn't doing this and it's, and then like it says, I'd still be doing this. And like the whole point is if he wasn't selling out arenas or whatever, like he'd be working a nine to five and playing Fridays and Saturdays, like at his local bar. You know what I mean? I would, I would still be doing this. And what is up? Welcome to the Sloppy Syndicate. I am your host, White Trash Donnie, the trashiest host in the trailer park. So thanks for joining the Sloppy Syndicate. We have none other than sons of a tradesman in the green room. We will bring them on here shortly. Uh, They're a vivacious, high-energy rock band that brings uh, some Aerosmith and some Led Zeppelin uh, sounds back into my life. So uh, if that's uh, something you're interested in or that's your genre, uh, definitely check out Sons of a Tradesman. Uh, we will get them here in the studio shortly so we can learn a little bit more about them and uh, their musical influences and uh, just learn the band itself. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Sons of a Tradesman. All right. How are we doing, fellas? Good. Great. Uh, so so folks in the in the audience, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to put those in the chat. Um, so let us know, uh, Andrew and Mike, a little bit about Sons of a Tradesman. I know you're from West Palm Beach, Florida, which isn't too far from Orlando. You know, so how did you get started in the music? What uh, what made you form the band and and so on and so forth? Take it away, Andrew. I guess I'll take the first one, man. So <laughs> I actually so I was born and raised here in, in Florida, West Palm specifically, and um, I moved to Ohio to go to school. And um, I was wrapping that up and I was moving back home and I was in a white collar job up there and just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. I knew it wasn't that. And um, before I moved away, I had um, I had befriended uh, PJ and, and Nick, who, were, who I originally formed the band with. And we had been jamming and whatnot. And I, I came up with the idea to start a band. So before I moved back, um, I hit him up, you know, and told them, you know, hey, let's start a band. And never with any intention of really, like, doing much that we had ever done before, which was just, you know, smoke weed and jam. And so, like, we were missing a drummer, so we're looking around for a drummer, and I couldn't find anyone. So naturally, I asked my barber, because barbers know everyone. And um, his his girlfriend at the time had grown up across the street from Chris. And so I kept like hounding him for Chris's number and I couldn't get Chris's number. And I finally found him on Instagram, like a thirsty broad. And I hit him up on Instagram <laughs> and <laughs> kind of like told him what we were trying to do. And uh, he came to my parents' house at the time was where I was still living. And it's where we started the band and we're jamming at. And uh, came to jam and that night he asked if he could leave his drums there. And we were all like, oh man, like he's going to leave his drums. You know, like we're all, we're all stoked. And so we started jamming and that turned into starting to learn some songs and that turned into maybe like write a song and then maybe we should go play somewhere. And then, you know, people saw us play there and then it was, Oh, now we're going to go play over here. And now it's open for this band. And now it's go play three nights in a row. And it just kind of like continuously snowballed into, you know, something that I don't think any of us ever planned for the original four of us. And then, um, when our original guitars had to move, we were blessed to meet Mike. And Mike's been in the band ever since. He does like literally everything. He mixed the whole record. He does a lot of our uh, video and visual stuff and a lot of the business stuff. Um, and we just kind of took off, man. And then unfortunately, when, when Nick passed away, like the three of us, 
Guido and Chris and I got together and talked about what we were going to do because at that point we had kind of tipped our toes in the water when it came to recording a record and obviously now we're faced with this obstacle and and just kind of wondering what to do and that's when we decided to just you know full send and it caught it cost us a life up to now so we might as well give it the best we got and we finished writing the record and got right into recording and playing as much as we can and and it got us here it got us in front of white trash donnie at least you know right. what i mean right just send oh, yeah. it that's all you got to do when in doubt <laughs> throttle out send it so um you know, and, and obviously I know some of your musical influences based off of the music. Obviously we hear some Zeppelin in there. We hear some Aerosmith. So there's definitely that classic, classic rock vibe. Um, so who other than the Zeppelin and, and Aerosmith, um, who were some of your major influences, um, you know, growing up that kind of made you pursue, uh, you know, the musical industry? Um, for me, a big one was the, the Chili Peppers, um, that was, that was a big one. When I had just started playing guitar um, was when I was kind of introduced to them. I mean, I had always known who they were because everybody, you know, knows who the Chili Peppers are. But um, I got introduced to them when Stadium Arcadium first came out in like 2005, six, And um, I really dug that entire thing. It was like a double record. There was something like 37 or 38 songs. And uh, I just really dug them. And that made me dig back deeper to their to their previous stuff and that's when i discovered blood sugar sex magic and that was like my all-time that it is one of if not my all-time favorite record so as much as i love zeppelin and and all those classic rock bands the chili peppers were probably the biggest influence on me and i would have to you know agree red hot chili peppers phenomenal um i go back to uh corn they were a big influence rob zombie um, just so many, there's so many out there that, I mean, like you said, it's tough to pick one. Um, so, yeah. uh, for you, Andrew, some musical influences that, uh, pushed you in pursuing a musical career. I mean, like when I graduated high school in 2010, you know, the date, so I'm like creeping on 30. So like the rock bands that were coming out when I was like in high school were like some 41 and green day and and it was like i was just hearing like acdc for the first time you know what i mean so like my friends are listening to fat lip and like i'm listening to tnt for the first time and i'm like have you ever heard this shit and i was like this makes me destroy all of mankind like i love this and so like acdc was the first rock band i ever loved you know and then obviously i got like sucked into the zeppelin and i love zeppelin obviously and then as we've kind of matured as a band, like I've turned to people that like surprise me with how awesome they are, you know? So like, I'm a huge like Tina Turner fan. I love Tina Turner. Um, I obviously like, I love Waylon Jennings and guys like my my absolute hero, uh, Steve Mario that sang in the Small Faces, another vocalist that like I super admire. So um, as, a, as, a, as a big hairy man, you know, there's things that I do. Like, I, like Turner that as a 70 something year old woman, she has no business sounding like that you know what i mean but she does anyway and she kills it right uh so yeah the vocals are super crisp clean um great vocals uh, on the whole record and what was the you know a lot of bands come up with uh you know they release an ep first um what was the uh you know what made you guys go for a full album right up front that everybody else does eps okay and, and i think because we had so much music from over the pet you know since the band was formed whatever it was through over three years ago um we had just had so much original music in our back pocket that we you know we 
had no choice but to do an, an LP. And plus we had this whole concept that Nick, the original bassist, had come up with um, that was the, the basically the sons of a tradesman concept with the four brothers that are kind of battling for their, their father's inheritance. And that thing kind of runs, that theme kind of runs throughout the whole album. Um, but we were going to do it originally. And we had, I don't know, we had what, like six or eight songs and then pandemic hit and that put another delay on the record. And then we wrote a bunch more and I don't know, it just, it just kind of turned into a, to a full length. But like Andrew said, we didn't want to do the typical thing that bands do because a lot of bands now will release an EP or they'll just release single after single. And we kind of wanted to do the old school thing where, where you release an album as an album supposed to be listened to as an album front to back so yep and uh their album is stir the pot that was released march 11th uh, of this year definitely a great album um so if you have not heard of sons of a tradesman uh make sure you check them out uh my favorite song is probably witches brew uh one of my favorite songs on there and then uh time kills so two very good bangers that i like um i wouldn't say uh there's a least favorite you know there's not a song on the the album that i don't like but those are the definitely the top two so uh sandy ann thanks for coming in and she says what's up hey sons of a tradesman so Yo. appreciate you having you in here and um joining us as we learn a little bit more about sons of a tradesman so uh, yeah it's being, cool it's cool to hear about everybody's favorites or favorite or favorites on the record because there's they're all over the place depending on who you talk to yeah for sure yeah, definitely. And it, it, and it, it's, I don't want to say it's eerily like similar to like how close it is to Zeppelin. That's okay, man. But it's like, that's a compliment. I mean, yeah, it, like, if like you close your eyes, fleet close, but close like, enough. Like if you close your eyes and blindfolded someone and said, Hey, who is this? I mean, there's going to be a couple good guesses, but Zeppelin is probably going to be up there with it. So <laughs> that's what we'll take it. <laughs> So, yes, folks, if you are a fan of Zeppelin, Aerosmith, uh, classic rock vibes uh, all the way through the album. So definitely give them a listen. Uh, so what is uh, something that you would want your fans to know about the band that they may not know about the band? I mean, I would want them to know that, that I guess where we came from, you know, like I feel like all of our favorite bands and all, all of the all of the great bands, if you will, they have this like organic like make make story it's almost like this like weird love story of how like the band came to be and i mean like we we have that and i hope that every i hope that everyone sees it and i hope that everyone realizes that the the things that motivate us to make music i feel like are not the things that would that would motivate your your average band not to you know say average band but it's just not you know like i started i started this band with my best friend and i don't i don't have him anymore you know, so it's it's a big part of the thing that pushes us. And then, and then beyond that, it's just we all started my we all got in this band and started writing the songs that we started writing because, you know, we got we got sick of waiting for somebody else to write them. You know, I, I got sick of looking for new music all the time and hearing the same copy paste garbage over and over again and being told that, you know, that the way that we wanted to do it didn't work. That's not the way it works anymore, you know, and so. You talk about things like releasing an LP, or you know, doing a shot and hitting my and hitting the pipe and, and my promo videos or whatever. It's like rock bands used to throw shit out of hotel rooms. You know what right. I mean? 
Like, um, yeah, you have the uh, what what uh, documentary? Uh, the Motley Crue documentary, where like okay. him and Ozzy are hanging at the pool, and like he literally pisses on the on the the pool uh, deck, and and Ozzy licks it up. Like, I yeah, mean, that's <laughs> like the crazy stuff from back in the day, and now yeah. it's kind of like you know, it's it's frowned upon clearly, but um, yeah, you know, you gotta let the the bands express themselves and have a little bit of fun, so. Name the, yeah, name everyone it. takes that shit way too seriously now and you can get in so much trouble for doing not that you couldn't before but like i don't know dude it's it's, it's a little more everyone's lean. gotten so uptight with shit it's it's just it's not what we want out of our band yeah, yeah. man and like there isn't a better genre of music to be over shit than than rock and roll you know what i mean it's some it's it's freedom music man yeah, I remember uh, Megadeth, Pantera, at a young age, I was probably five or six, and, and my dad's Fox Body 5.0, ripping oh, down the yeah. dirt roads, because, I mean, I grew up in a farm town, so uh, there's nothing but dirt ro- you know, dirt roads around us, and he's just doing donuts and all kinds of, you know, blasting Megadeth, Pantera, and Ted Nugent, and just, oh. I mean, that's, you know, that was my childhood, like, uh, just doing stupid stuff out on the farm. Hell, I remember, like, having, like, demolition derby cars where we just drive around the field and like clip each other and have fun. So, you know, so yeah, definitely um, a different era uh, than it was back then, but um, you know, nonetheless, still great music out there. And um, you know, like you said, I wish there was a little more uh, leniency to, um, you know, welcome the shit show (laughs) because I would, uh, yeah. uh, I I couldn't be on tour because I'd be, I'd be in trouble in every city we went to just based off of my, my antics and, and being the, uh, the idiot I am, um, you know, it'd be like, uh, Hey Mike, make sure you have bail money just in case. (laughs) (laughs) We have to set aside a certain amount of bail money before tour. Right. It's for me. It's for me. But, um, yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, so, so many, so many people are so worried about offending people nowadays it's just you can't you can't say the wrong thing or you can't you can't even say the right thing you can't say anything it seems like right yep you know, you're afraid of of what people are gonna think or and it's know. you know it turns into the cancel culture where you know yeah. they're like oh well he's you know they said this wrong or they did this and all right well see you later you know kind of deal so kind of sucks that it is that way but you just kind of got to adapt and you know kind of try to stay in them guidelines and, and yeah, can yeah a little bit but, i mean uh, ultimately even though we, you know, we, we like to stay on the, the idea of, of not caring what people think. I mean, you, you still, at the end of the day, you want to be a successful band and you can't piss off all your fans or else no one's going to listen to your music. So you have to at least, at least be a little bit reserved. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember going to, um, uh, what was it? I don't, it wasn't Vans Warped. It may have been Vans Warped. Or anyway, Gore was playing, and I, I was probably 13, 14. And, like, Gore's stage show was just, like, completely insane. And the only thing I remember, and I'm just like, this is, like, eerily creepy for one, just, like, the way they're dressed up and what they're doing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the, the guitar player breaks out with this, like, they have these suits on, and literally, he's like, starts pissing blood you know, on the crowd, obviously it's fake blood, but you know, yeah. in his suit, he's got the, you know, and it just squirted all over the crowd. Like you probably can't get away with that this, you know, this day and age, but yeah. you know, as a kid, it was kind of, uh, kind of intriguing, kind of interesting to see. Um, yeah. So there are so many stories from warp tour, taste of chaos and, you know, and actually, uh, so vans, if I'm correct, just announced that they're going to bring a warp tour back this year. 
I don't know if it's going to be a one-year run or not, but um, no way. Yeah, definitely bringing uh, the childhood back a bit. So. Yeah. Hit us it's up. Like with that one festival. What was that? What's that one festival that they are th are throwing, or they just threw? Where uh, like, we are young. Which, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When we were young, or we were young. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's. I mean, that is an epic concept, but it wasn't thoroughly thought through. Like you have. For one, I mean, just. Like, I'm no rocket scientist by any means, but I can say, hey, <laughs> all these bands are not going to fit in one day or two days. Um, you know, so, then, you know, they added a second day and then they added a third day, but they're on separate weekends, you know, so they should have literally just did like a Thursday oh. through Sunday show and like, you know, the same weekend. I mean, that would have been epic. I would have went out there for that, but I'm not going to fly out, you know, three times, three different weekends to catch all the bands. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is, a, you know, a pretty epic concept. And I wonder, like, literally, I just heard about the, you know, the Vans announcing um, doing it again today. So I wonder if they saw that and said, you know what, we can do that better. You know, obviously, we did Warp Tour for 20 some years. And, and you know, so let's take our show on the road. And, and you know, obviously, there's a, a demand for it. So, hey, why not? So, um, yeah, and, you know, maybe something I know it always comes through Orlando. So. Uh, maybe something you guys could look into and play some of the, yeah, I don't know if they're going to have the Arnie ball stage anymore. I don't, you know, I don't know any of the, the aspects of it, but definitely would be super cool to, you know, get on some of those, you know, tours like that. Yeah. That's what we're looking to do next, man. Like after, since we finally released this record, we want to start touring and try and hop on the festival circuit if we can. All right. Then. Yeah. So past or present, um, what would be, who would be one artist you would want to play, play with, write with, or collaborate with? It can't be Zeppelin or Aerosmith. That's out of the question. So someone else. <laughs> I'd probably say Prince. Prince. Okay. I mean, that's, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That was that's, out of left field, but that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. On top of everything else. Um, dude, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think doing one with, uh, like Queens of the Stone Age or Josh Homme like just by himself or like having Josh Homme produce a record or Dave Grohl produce oh. our record. Like that would be the shit. He, he did a little uh, EP with Zach Brown and that shit is awesome. Like Zach Brown's obviously a country band, but they like, they did the whole like pop country thing to get in the door. But like ultimately deep down, all those guys are pretty good, uh, pretty hard rockers. Right. And Dave Grohl produced their, their EP and it's awesome. Man, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, dude, check it out. It's it's sick. It's like a little four or five song EP. You, should yeah, you know, there's a lot of like cross genres now where, you know, um, you know, cover bands are, you know, they're covering uh, pop songs and different things like that. And, you know, who was the latest one? Um, was it Ed Sheeran and MGK or I don't know. Either way, they did a mashup of uh, I think it was Ed, I'm pretty sure it was Ed Sheeran, uh, one of his songs. I don't know if it was MGK, but. You know, it was a mashup of different genres, um, two totally different uh, ends of the spectrum, but it came out phenomenal. So um, what do you guys, what do you think about that? Would would that be something you guys would be willing to do is collaborate, say, with, uh, you know, a reggae band or collaborate with a, a country artist and, and come up with something, you know, kind of out of the world that's a little bit different? I'm yeah, always definitely. Shit, man. I live for weird shit. And, like, I feel like... Anybody 
I feel like anybody that would reach out to to us in general, and the, I would I would hope that they would feel the same respect if we were to reach out to someone like outside of our genre, like it would have to th- like I I would think that you know they're pretty cool. Like if I for me to hit up like a reggae band or something to be like, hey dude, would you want to hop on one of our you know things? Like I would have to think the world about. I would hope they would take it as the greatest compliment. So anybody that ever hit us up to do anything, yeah, I'd be super down for that. Yeah, I think uh, the bandit or the vigilante. Obviously, two songs from the album, um, kind of with like some dirty heads in it. I mean, that would be pretty kick-ass. So that's yeah, just me right. thinking outside the box. Just like, like a little remix you know, of it, yeah, like a little reggae remix, for right? Sure. So yeah, man. I mean, I, 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 ultimately, reggae is not like my my style of music. I don't I don't dislike it at all, but like to be able to push yourself creatively to think outside of your genre. Not that we really have a specific genre other than like rock and roll. When people ask us what genre we are, we just say rock and roll. Like we don't really kind of have a sub, you know, there's so many sub genres out there. There's exactly, we don't really find ourselves fitting in any specific one, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's cool to just like to push yourself creatively and, and, and think outside of your genre and then you end up coming up with some really cool shit or some really terrible stuff, but at least you can say you tried. Right. Never know if you don't try. So, yeah. um, you know, anything, so we just, obviously this album just dropped, uh, March 11th. And, um, so where did stir the pot come from? Like the name stir the pot for the album? Um, uh, well, I mean, a, co- a couple different places, like it's got, a couple of different meanings. Obviously, you have a song like Witch's Brew on it, you know, which is a song that is actually, you know, I, I wrote out of out of spite for being told that I need to be a good boy and, and not, you know, so much Witch's Brew. So that song was like my fuck you to the universe. And, um, uh, I mean, also, it, it just has to go with like, I, I feel like our entire rebellious nature to, to everything. You know, and and the fact that we're we're not afraid to st- uh, stir the pot, if you will. You know, it sounds weird to say it like that, but you know, like we were saying earlier, like Gigi Allen used to take shits on stage. You know what I mean? And now there's a venue that we're not allowed to play at because I said fuck on the microphone one time. You know what I mean? Like, so it comes from that. All right. And I, we definitely love like to mess like with the air of mysticism and different weird shit. You know, like I, we love our our Zeppelin songs and our Sabbath songs and our UFO and ELO and so I think it plays on a lot of different levels. Yeah, and there was a, a crazy story last year. I don't remember the band. Uh, they were playing at Rockville, a female fronted band, and <laughs> she pissed oh. in some dude's mouth. Oh I yeah, mean, uh, what the hell is it? Uh, uh, band. Yeah, uh, dude, that was awesome. And, and the dude, her. she got so she caught so much flack for that shit. Right, and she got banned from playing at any of the festivals. Yeah. And the dude loved it. Dude. Like the like the dude was eating it up. He was just yeah, sitting he there was like, like watching his face. Yeah, with it. you know, like. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess you can't do those antics anymore. But that was, uh, I mean, hell, that's a the hell of a hell of a publicity stunt. I mean, it was awesome. They made too. a name for it. So. Kept with the song, she like continued her lyrics. She kept like singing the song as she was taking her pants down and just <laughs> right. didn't miss a beat. Just great. like, all right, I got to pee. You know, open your yeah. mouth. <laughs> that's professional. Yeah, so. fantastic. Yeah, that's professional for sure. Yeah, that's uh, the, you know, I've seen some crazy stuff, but that's probably the craziest thing I've seen uh, in the past couple of years. So, mm-hmm. um, I know there was about one hundred and sixty thousand that attended last year and with, you know, 
with Florida, obviously Florida is never, you know, you being based in Florida, you know, that we were never really shut down per se. Um, you know, so we had a lot more freedom than the other, uh, you know, um, states, but, uh, I think this year is going to be huge just because everyone's has been so tired of being cooped up and, you know, bands are ready to play bands have been working on music for the last two years, such as you guys have said, you know, you know, the quarantine, you guys have, you know, worked on music and, and made it and, you know, a full album, you know, for, uh, the first drop. So, and that's, you know, something uncommon, uh, especially in today's industry, you know, like, and that's why I asked, you know, most bands do the EP and, you know, you had a great answer to that. So, all right. So let's get into a couple random questions that I shuffled through the deck. And uh, so when you write a song, what do you write first? The chord progression, the vocal, melody, or the lyrics? Well, lyrics are usually last. And that's that's something that's that's Andrew's department. And he's a, he's a firm believer. And, and I, I tend to agree that the the music and the the structure of the song should be there and the the lyrics should be good enough to complement what's already there and if they're not good enough then the then the song should just be left as an instrumental but we don't really have like a real formula of writing let's say a melody first or a certain part first the way we wrote most of our songs is that we just whoever had an idea that day at the studio whether it was like a little riff or a melody or a you know just something that they had in their head like a little a little short piece that they just had in their head they would bring it to practice and we would build on it and if it worked it worked and if it didn't it didn't and it's you know that's that's what's kind of awesome about the band is there's no there's no lead uh like songwriter or or decision maker everybody's got equal input and we just keep it like a, a democracy. You know, if, if someone has an idea, they bring it out. And if the majority of the band likes it, we stick with it. It doesn't matter how strongly one person believes in something or not. And, you know, if they get outvoted, they just got to swallow it. So, you know, and it's probably best that way. And it probably brings out the talent uh, much more, um, you know, when you all work together and, and no, nah, I don't like that. Yeah, I like that, you know, and it just, you know, I think that would flow much better than, you know, a dictatorship where, you know, one person is like, this is the song we're going to make and this is how we're going to do it. So, right. Yeah, that works for some bands, but for ours, definitely not. And that goes back to uh, another kind of uh, meaning on the, the album name, Stir the Pot. It's kind of everybody's everybody's equal input kind of in put into this big melting pot. That's just a big mixture of everybody's ideas and, and influences. And uh, were you self-taught or did you uh, take lessons to learn your instrument? I was, I was self-taught, man. Like I, some buddies, you know, between PJ, the original guitarist and Guido and like shout out Marty Schwartz on YouTube, you know, and then just, and then just like constantly having a guitar. And when I was in college, I lived by myself and it's, you know, frigid and terrible for like eight months and you can't go outside. You know, like I always was just, like, I'll play video games or whatever, but within arm's reach, I always had a guitar. So like if it was loading or I was waiting on my friends or I wanted to take a 10 minute break, or, you know, I'd always like pick up my guitar, but it wasn't until like, 
we came down here and we started toying with the idea of the band and i went to go see like other bands play and i saw dudes play or even like when i saw a video of mike you know as a potential guitarist i was like man like i really want to like play man like i really want to be able to play and so yeah just a lot of a lot of self-teaching a lot of videos a lot of reading a lot of trying to understand theory and just not being afraid to ask somebody that you know is better than you that's you're lucky to get to even have an opportunity to be around them to learn them you know to learn from them rather so that's how yeah. i'm and mike were you self-taught or yeah yeah definitely okay. for sure and i mean uh i guess like what andrew was saying you know there's there's so many teachers and and videos on youtube i guess no one is really self-taught you know you're always either watching somebody or getting influenced by someone i i don't know anybody who's just picked up the guitar and sat by themselves in their room and and learned but um but yeah no i never had like a really direct one-on-one -on -one teacher or anything like that i just i just kind of looked at the people i liked and whose whose guitar playing and techniques i really appreciated and tried to not copy, but I guess emulate them as, as well as I could. And then again, to, to touch on what Andrew said, like you always, you always are looking at, at other people around you because even no one's ever the best in the room and no one's ever the best out there. You, you can always pick up things from other people, um, different techniques, little ideas here and there. So you can always constantly grow and get better as a musician. So that's that's my goal never never stop practicing okay yeah i i always you know growing up i wanted to play in the drums that didn't work uh, they didn't have room in band i got kicked out of band and uh so i was like all right you know i'll learn you know i had to play trombone which trombone donnie isn't a thing you know donnie, <laughs> donnie was not good at trombone so um you know so that was uh that was a no-go and uh so i used to ride freestyle motocross you know when i was younger and uh you know i've broken a lot of bones and I have T-Rex arms. So like when trying to learn the cut, you know, the guitar, I was like, I want to learn the guitar and be a rock star, you know, kind of deal. And I'm just like, it's so uncomfortable, like trying to bend my wrist because it's been broken. And I'm like short, stubby, little fat hands. It, yeah, it didn't work. So, and then, um, so I was like, oh, let me try the drums. And, uh, you know, I was, I took a couple lessons and I, I'm like squirrel. If I don't pick it up and like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, all right, I'm done squirrel. Like, I, you know, I lose, I lose my patience. Um, so yeah, my musical career kind of never took off. So that's why I'm on this side of the musical, uh, career where I interview the actual talented ones. So <laughs> yeah, man, it is tough to stick through it when like, you know, what you want and what you hear in your head is just not what your hands are doing. And there was a couple of points at the beginning where I felt the same way. I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I even bothering with this shit? But for one thing or another, just, you know, kept coming back. I kept picking it back up and you know, slowly you get better and better. And yeah, you know, I bitched about having small hands and like, I couldn't even like form a bar chord properly. And I was like, well, I can't play because my hands are. And then me a video like a four-year-old japanese girl playing like eruption and was like shut the fuck up don't ever say that again and so like right just, like, <laughs> like you can do it <laughs> girl like that's pretty much the only reason i play guitar anymore so what was the first concert or show that you ever attended i know my mine is funny dude 
Mine was a Toby Keith concert. Oh, nice. Okay. Hell yeah. If one came out of the stage and shit, you know what I mean? They were spilling Bud Light on me. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I burned with a cigarette. It's awesome. Nice. (laughs) That's where you got your first cowboy hat, right? Damn. (laughs) Like bigger than my whole lower half of my body. Great. That's awesome. I think mine was, uh, was Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I went with my parents. I was like nine years old. And unfortunately, I had no appreciation for the amount of talent and and just like the the legends that were on stage at that point. Like I, I, know, I knew a couple songs, so I was enjoying myself and I was dancing up on the, on the hill at uh, DTE Energy Music Theater up in Detroit. And uh, I don't know. It was like one of one of those summer days where you're just like, "Yeah, dude, it's, I'm out. I'm at a concert. It's fun." But yeah, I had no idea who I was watching. So, are you originally from Detroit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Not sweet. from. I'm from Metro Detroit, like a small city out just outside of Detroit. Yeah. Okay, I was born in Detroit and then moved uh, to oh, Southwest nice. Michigan after a couple of years. So my whole arm is like, you know, I got the Red Wings, and you know, it's a Michigan oh hell yeah, theme. Yeah, they're actually so. playing tonight for sure. I got the game on pause right now while we're uh, while we're oh, playing. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll try not to keep you much longer. No, um, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're you know, good. That way we recording. both can catch it. But, <laughs> man, oh, they yeah, got yeah. their butts whooped uh, by the Penguins the other day, 11 to yeah, 2. Yeah, was yeah, like, that, that was Dude, they've been getting blown out a lot recently lately. It's It's been pretty uh, bad. I mean, the last few years are rebuilding years, so sure. I'm just I'm starting to give up faith now. I mean, <laughs> we should have been way better. What's this, sure. you know, year number four that we should have uh, – been done rebuilding so all right eiserman's making some good moves uh, yeah i mean they're definitely uh fortunate to have him so he's definitely yeah. a the hockey guru but uh mm-hmm. dang it come on can we get back to the playoffs winning heck Seriously, we were what 25 years we were spoiled for so many years yeah 25 or 20 24 years or some shit like that yeah it's wild so and now florida's me. doing great now the panthers are just kicking ass yep and tampa i mean tampa they fell off a little bit this year, but they're they're still pretty high up in their uh, division. So, what? Yeah, they've been like good like last ten years at least. Yeah, no, well, because Eiserman was there. Eiserman built that franchise oh. from the ground up too, and then once they won a cup or two, he left uh, and went to Detroit or came to Detroit. Yeah, and I think he always wanted to go to Detroit. You know, I mean, he was with the, sure. the Red Wings for so many years, so he's probably like, let me go back to my my roots so yeah um so my first concert uh actual actual concert you know there were some festivals that they did um you know around the area in michigan but uh my first course concert was corn and rob zombie Damn. i was 12 years old this was in 1999 and i remember now that i'm older i'm like why the hell would my mom take me to a corn and rob zombie concert but anyway you know i'm i'm thankful i went and i just remember you know, it was like walking in and it was just like awe inspiring, like just the amount of people and the, the huge stage. And then, um, you know, corn comes on and their first song, their bass is so loud. Like I can, it, it literally is vibrating my, like it's vibrating my body, like reverbing through my body. And I'm just like, like trying to breathe. And I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? You know? So that was my first, uh, rodeo with a, a actual live concert that, um, you know, took the breath out of me. So, but that was a good time. Uh, so another yeah, good question uh, from Amelia. What would you be doing if you weren't doing music? Not sure if that was asked yet. That was touched on uh, at the beginning. Um, so Andrew would be. 
I mean, I'd I'd fucking figure it out. Right. He, he would figure something out. I mean, I still by by day today. I mean, I sell. I work for um, like Southern Lawn Equipment. I sell like you know like commercial grade like tractors and trailers and stuff like that by day. But I mean, is to do this. My my little sister actually sent me a song. I think it's actually like a Luke Bryan song or something. Like a couple weeks ago, and the name of the song is like "If I Wasn't Doing This." And it's and then like it says I'd still be doing this and like the whole point is if he wasn't selling out arenas or whatever, like he'd be working a nine to five and playing Fridays and Saturdays like at his local bar. You know what right. I mean? I would I would still be doing this somehow. And, and Mike has the porn star hair, so I think he would. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you guessed it. That's actually what I did before I did music. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, I um, I actually would have been uh, probably an architect as of as of now. That's what I went to school for. That's what my dad does. And up until, um, up until I started, well, a couple of years after I started playing music, basically I started when I graduated high school, and I had no clue what I wanted to do. And since my dad was an architect, he was like, "Hey, why don't you give architecture a try, and you can go to school for it, and eventually take over my business." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Because I don't have any other life plans going and uh so i just kind of did that and then i started playing guitar and took a trip down to florida and saw a, a good friend of mine who i hadn't met at the time i saw him on stage and i was like blown away by what he was doing and i was like that's what i want to do with the rest of my life so just basically made a big 180 or a big turn in my life and gave all the other shit up and now I've, basically everything i do is just to supplement my music life like that's basically number one priority even though it's not nearly the the number one income oh yeah i tell people at work all the time monday through friday like that's my second job yeah i'm a singer in a rock band like always right like i said i wanted a sugar mama so i didn't have to work and i could just be rich but you know that didn't play (laughs) out so uh any sugar mamas out there listening uh hit me up if you're looking for a a sugar baby you know and want to take care of them but uh you know, I won't you need to come that. down to South Florida. They're they're all over the place here. Right. And I mean, get any shoulder rubs with them T Rex arms, dog. <laughs> right. Uh, like, come here, baby. You know, shit worked out. I, I I just need I just need an allowance every month. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not asking for much. You know, <laughs> but yeah, that'd be the life. Just you know, man, private Definitely. jet. You know, Ferrari. Just yeah. I wasn't blessed with the silver spoon, so I'm trying to make the silver spoon, but I'm still at plastic yeah. right now. So it is what it is. <laughs> there you go. Although there's, there's, it's pretty gratifying though. Like when you can say that you, that you basically bust your ass doing something that you hate or not something that you hate, but something that you can tolerate for, to, you know, to, to do that, that thing that you do maybe once a week or twice a week. It's just, it's fulfilling. Yeah. Sure. And see, this is the, for me, this is uh I don't want to say therapeutic, but I, I, I enjoy this. So it, it's really not working, you know? Yeah. So it's your creative it's, outlet for sure. Right. So, you know, I, I enjoy doing this and, you know, not only am I, you know, my outlet, like you said, you know, I, I get to, you know, hopefully bring some exposure to the bands and, and, you know, get them noticed by some people that may have not had the opportunity to, uh, you know, hear about sons of a tradesman or, you know, you know, bands like that. That come on the show so yeah no we really appreciate it man thank you and uh i look forward to all the success you have um you know so where can the fans find you 
um, at on your IG? Do you have a website? Yeah, we're on uh, we're on Instagram. It's uh, Sons of a Tradesman, just underscore between all the words. Um, you can Facebook us, Sons of a Tradesman. We're on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music, YouTube, everywhere that you can listen to music. We're um, we're working on our website currently. Uh, the last podcast yelled at Guido for us not having a. Yep. I so guess. And uh, do you have any merch or CDs, vinyls in the works, or do you have them currently? Um, we actually, so we we did something cool that we haven't talked about any anywhere else because we haven't done it yet. But um, for the upcoming lyric books, we actually had uh, professionally done artists like make little caricatures that go along like with all the lyrics that are surrounding the lyrics like on all the sheet. So it'll be like the first visual representation of the songs, you know, before we release any videos or anything like that. A lot of those things we're planning on turning into, you know, stickers and keychains, merch, whatnot like that. We have some T-shirts now that you can get at, you know, shows at the time being. Or if you really want to send you one, you can hit us up on social media. We'd be happy to send you one. But, uh, yeah, definitely when we launch the website is when we plan to launch the whole merch store also. Awesome. Yeah, and... and folks that are listening that's the best way to uh support the bands is buying merch cds vinyls uh stickers whatever they have to offer uh they literally make pennies on a dollar when it's uh streamed um online yeah. i know it's a digital era but uh it's kind of a disservice to the artist uh you know they don't get the full value that they should um you know with the digital platform so anytime you can support a band uh check them out on ig you know merchandise stickers any 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 little bit help so um it's been a pleasure having you guys on the show i don't want to keep you too much longer i know you guys are a busy group and uh working on some excellent things to come you are more than welcome on the show anytime and uh any final words for the fans out there uh i guess just just we really appreciate everybody that that supports us and spreads the word um if you really dig our sound and you dig the music tell your friends, tell your family, um, you know, we're, we're not doing it for, for the money. We just want to get out there and, and start playing to people. I mean, we, we thrive on playing live as much as we enjoyed recording and making the album. And then we're extremely happy to have it finally released. Like the whole idea of releasing the album was so we could travel and play it to people. So we're, we're all in agreement that, that we, we want to travel around and, and tour and, and play live. So that's, I guess the, the best way to do it is to start building followings in different cities. So if you like us, if you enjoy our music, tell your friends. Oh yeah, man. All right. Well, thank you for joining the sloppy syndicate folks. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you on the next episode of the sloppy syndicate and so long, keep it sloppy. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks for having us.